Hello and welcome to Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist podcast. My name is Connor McKenna. I'm Rebecca Holt. And uh, as you might have seen from our update, uh, we we had uh, like availability issues, so we're not doing Heroes for Hire two yet this this interim yet yeah yeah. Uh, but so we were trying to choose. I was trying to choose uh, Iron Fist sort of standalone issue, but Man, like we've we, done a lot of them, pretty we've much running yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's probably so, some in there, but you know, we have done a lot. Yeah. So I went to Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, but I noticed the first issue had a lot of um, Shang Chi and stuff, and I think Iron Fist is more of a setup thing. So I wasn't like I wasn't really sure. I feel like I should get someone on who like Carl who knows more about Shang Chi. Yeah. Um, and then you know, so it really was down to some of like the standalone Iron Fist stories in the Immortal run or the um uh one of the Immortal Weapons issues. Yeah, always good. Yeah. Uh and I ended up and since it was short notice, like I didn't really want to choose like a mini series or something because yeah. um, neither yeah, of us so, had a lot of time to read it. Yeah. So I ended up choosing uh, Orson Randall and the Death Queen of California. Because I love Orson Randall. Yep. Who does And some? yeah, it's my birthday, and I wanted to do something that I would really enjoy. So, so your birthday today? Yes. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm not awake enough to realize yet, so happy no, birthday. No, that's all good. Um, so I. This I really liked this story when I first read it. It really stood out, and I still think it's... I still really like it. Um, and Orson Randall, I think, has a lot of potential as a character. Yeah, but, oh, God, uh, I love him. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I don't know if I liked it as much as I did the first time. Um, yeah. But I'll, we'll go through that. It may just be because of... Sorry, I'm just... I think it's because of sort of plot twists. Yeah, I think it's just... Um... Sorry, I'm just distracted for one second. Right. That's okay. Um, I don't know. I think maybe I'm just not... Because reading it out of reading the whole Immortal Iron Fist run... Yeah. Uh, ...brings up more of the kind of, oh, look at him with all his like sexy women being sexy. and um, Yeah. I don't know. I, I still liked it. I'm not, not dissing it. I just don't think I was into, as into it as like reading it in that era when I was reading the whole of Immortal Iron Fist and totally yeah. immersed in it. So this is more of a sort of grabbing it as a standalone. Uh, you yeah. kind of have to get yourself back in that mindset. I think I think for me, uh, I, I read I read all of Immortal Iron Fist uh, like around the end of last year. Reread it, I should say. And for me, so the the plot twists, you know, were like fresher. Yeah, um, I think yeah. when you don't know what's going to happen, yeah, like I think it's much better on a first read. Like it's still really good, um, but yeah, and the, the, it, this is such a like if you're a noir fan or if you've seen much from noir, like even if you've just seen the Maltese Falcon, like this is such a yeah sort oh, of love letter God, to that I type love of story. Maltese Falcon, so yeah. Much. <laughs> um, I love the part in Maltese Falcon where he just slaps the crap out of that guy. I just, um, I just it's such a good film. <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
Yeah. Yes, it's. I, I've also been reading a, a bit. I've been reading a bit of noir recently, so uh, it felt very. Oh. Yeah, I was just. Um, I was on another podcast uh, for indie comics, and I didn't know what to recommend, and I sort of grabbed this uh, 2000 AD one. I've got this rebellion. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> that is about 40s Hollywood noir um, detective. So. Um, yeah, with a little cool. bit of supernatural, so it all kind of felt very. It was almost weird to see a sort of color one because that one was all black and white. Mm. Um, so, but it was pretty cool. So it kind yeah. of fitted with what I've been reading recently. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was, it was a bit jarring. It was like, oh, I'm now getting my uh, superheroes in here. But yeah. they definitely could have uh, gone black and white with this. Yeah, but I, I actually bet... I do quite yeah. like the colors. Yeah, I think the colours work because of just the designs of the characters and the baddies yeah. and stuff. And it it starts off noir, but it turns into, like, pulp. Yes, exactly. Um, by the end. So, you know, when you get, like, the death cult full of crazy robes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, which is very, like, you know, the Phantom and stuff. Yeah, um, yeah but uh, it's, yeah, it, it's like... With Orson, you, you can tell so many stories with him because it, it's like, yeah, it is a golden age throwback, but he's still an interesting character. And, you know, like in his, he had another annual, uh, The Green mm. Mist of Death. And yeah, which cool I like as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with like whitening wars in Nepal and stuff. And like the whole thing is he had this whole team, the Confederacy or the Confederates, and, you know, he just did heaps of stuff. So. Uh, I, I think, think it's, I mean, it's, just, it's sort of testament to how popular a character he is that he, that, um, awesome that we get these little yeah. one shots in, in the middle of this, well, in the run. Yeah, he, yeah, he, like, this is, this is not, uh, part of the numbered Immortal Iron Fist run. Mm. This is a standalone one shot, um, which I'm sure would have been advertised in the Iron Fist run, but it also doesn't tie into the plot. No, it either. it's, it's literally just, uh, you like this guy? Okay, here goes. Yeah, and, you know, I think there's just a lot of storytelling potential with Iron Fist as mm-hmm. well. Like, you know, different Iron Fists or even Danny Rand, like, uh, I've mentioned, like, it's ages pretty much ago. what we want is, like, more Orson Randall. Yeah, and, you know, Iron Fist, he's not just mystical martial arts. You can put him in heaps of different yeah. um, scenarios, you know, so... Uh, the, reading this is a bit bittersweet because we're in a rough time <laughs> right now for Iron Fist, and this is going back to when it was really good uh-huh. for Iron Fist, you know. So I, I don't want to be negative, but it was bittersweet, um, and I just really wish it made me actually. I, I think I took it the other way. I was like, in, while we have no Iron Fist, spoiler, um, yeah. maybe they could go back and do things like this. Mm, it gave but, me. I mean, a, I mean, they probably won't, but you know. Yeah. But it was a kind of oh look, here's a way they could actually do it. That would be cool. I, yeah. I don't think they will, just given the I general attitude and how. I don't think they will either. I mean, not getting wrong, but yeah. it kind of. I I try not to get too tied up in that because. Oh, me, me too. I it's, mean, it's just, I just it's too it. much. No, of course not. It's just it's just too much sometimes. It's like, it's like you, yeah. we know all these things are cyclical. Like, you know, I I happen to quite like the Inhumans, for example. And mm. while I don't think that 
X-Men should have been sidelined to try and boost the Inhumans, I do think there's a place for all of them. Yeah. In the same way as, you know, th- things like this show that there's a place for multi-periods of Iron Fist if you want to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, Iron Fist in general isn't an A-lister. No. Um, but, like, you know, and in some alternate reality, I'm sure we'd have, you know, mini-series <laughs> devoted to different Iron Fists and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, the Immortal Iron Fist, Orson Randall and the Death Queen of California. So we have a Carrie Andrews cover. Which is amazing. Yes, it's uh, Orson descending, firing his two guns. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Orson Randall was the previous Iron Fist before Danny. Uh, he fought in World War One, which I believe... Ah, jeez. I should know. I think he got kicked out of Kunlun, or he left Kunlun after World War One because that's where he so, got yeah. his distaste for violence and that whole fiasco happens because he didn't want to fight in the tournament so in this story he's sort of just like living wandering around this is 1928 uh so it's after the war and he's just yeah um but yeah i'll also get the credits for this so it uh, (laughs) editor-in-chief is joe casada uh cover artist carrie andrews writer is Dwayne. Yeah, I'd say his last no, name. I don't know. I'd say Swazinski. Yeah. yeah, he he wrote the second half mm-hmm. of Immortal Iron Fist, mm-hmm. the the non Brubaker yeah. uh, half, and I think I think it's really good. I think it's uh, it's almost just as good as the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the penciler was uh, Giuseppe Camicoli. I'm very sorry. Um, I know. And the minute I opened this, I was like, "Oh, we are gonna struggle." <laughs> and and Carrie Andrews, um, yeah, uh, not sure what parts he would have done. And the inker is again Giuseppe and Cam Smith. Colorist is Paul Mounts. Letterer is Dave Lampier. Editor is Warren Simons. Um, yeah. So we get a very classic noir opening. We have like a a, a Noir film, mm-hmm. sort Which of is strip. I love that first yeah. page. The first page is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Maybe Carrie Andrews drew this page. I'm not sure because this page is different to um. It is. But he and uh, it has like the Hollywood. In an old cinema, which could be you know, reminds yeah. us all of the gem, but isn't because it's <laughs> big and it's in Hollywood. And it has the immortal Iron Fist as like the playing thing, which I love. I love that. Uh, We'd love that. And we have this really classic inner monologue throughout the whole issue. Yeah, that's the um, real this... noir sense. Yeah. So um, um... hello. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just. No, uh, I was thinking. just making sure I didn't yeah. lose you. Yeah. So I'll read, I'll read the first couple of paragraphs just to give everyone a feel of what it's like uh but i'd I'd recommend reading this issue oh most of you probably have read this issue yeah um but you can get this in like the immortal iron fist collections um or single yeah but uh yeah i could still feel a kiss over the last several decades hundreds of my wounds have healed bruises faded bullet holes nearly erased but the sweet burn of her lips and that's sort of the style that we have and this particular time i read it in harrison ford's voice (laughs) (laughs) He's always a good voice for this. 
Yeah. It's got that kind of old. tired, grisly. Yeah. And, and he did like narration in the, the original cut of Blade Runner for the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so Orson, in a classic sort of hook, has been contacted by an old friend from the army to find his daughter who went to Hollywood, you know, to pursue dreams and stuff, but Hollywood is full of creeps um, and drugs and all that sort of stuff. So he's sort of gone to find her because she's been missing for a few days. Yeah. Four weeks, actually. Uh, so yeah. much more than a few days. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's waiting for two hours. George doesn't show up and, uh, Yeah, then this this girl comes in. Yep, his femme fatale. Yes, who spoilers George's daughter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she she she's like you know she's seducing him and sort of uh, you know gets him to drive her home and then she tries to sort of magically seduce him. Yeah. Well, use some sort of like pheromones, maybe, but uh, he's able to resist because of his Kunlun uh, training. Yes, his years of discipline training in Kunlun. Uh, but without it, he says he would have been in that house two yeah. seconds earlier, um, which just sort of shows you, yeah, there's something really off here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I like he's got. Art? I like he's got. Uh, I yeah. Orson ran number plates on his car. Does he? Oh, O R two three one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. I didn't notice. Uh, so, so what do you think of the art overall? Um, I'm not super fan of the yeah. faces. Um, I like the backgrounds, the cars, the cafe. So it's not like I dislike it completely. Uh, I think he's a bit... I don't know. Yeah, I just... He's not as good looking as I remember Orson. I agree. And, and she seems a little bit... Everything's a little bit thin, the lines on her face. Um, yeah. And then in other panels, it's not. It's quite heavy. So it just it seems... Yeah, it's it's not my favourite for the actual people, but for the everything else, I like I like the colouring as well, the panelling, yeah. the design. Um, there's something, yeah, just... It looks either a little bit rushed or it's just not a style I love. Yeah, the composition is great. As yeah. you said, the backgrounds are great. But the faces, for me, the faces seems a bit uh, not detailed enough yeah. for the type of story they're telling. Um, it's a very character-based story, very noir. So I feel like, you know, Orson, uh, he looks haggard, but... He's like, no like stubble. I, I need stubble for a noir. Yeah. You know. And there's, no, there's just not much detail in his face. Yeah. It's just very... Um, Basic. Yeah, very basic. Uh, I do like how Orson's drawn, but at the same time, you know, I think this just the faces needed to be more detailed. Uh, we have to give a nod to uh, her code name being Galatea. A very nice nod back to a bit of myth- Greek mythology there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's. Yeah, cool. I like that. Yeah, we like I that. that. I, th- I thought that was well. I have friends who studied it. Uh, there's like a, uh, an opera, Aces and Galatea. One of my best friends at school was doing music A-level, and that's the one they had to do. So I that's got to cool. know more about it than... So it jumped out at me as, oh, that is cool. 
and yeah. it's also a nice nod if you do know it to what's about to yeah. come. Yeah, uh, this this story does not have a happy ending. Um. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it doesn't. But... I mean, like I, you know, I didn't expect it to have a happy ending, mm. like when I first read it. But the ending was like even more unhappy yeah. than what I thought it would be. <laughs> um, so he drops her off. He gets back, well, not before he says "dames." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has a spiffy hat. A nice little white hat that he's he does. wearing. Then he ta- that's the only time he wears it, though. Um, yeah, in that one panel. But hey, he decides to go look for George uh, by picking the cheapest hotel nearby. <laughs> yeah, because George was an actuary, Yeah, uh, which is funny. So it'd be the most reasonable place he's in. Um, yeah. And uh, George is dead. Yeah. Dead and covered which in is... blood, uh, having, sh- looked like, uh, having been posed as if he shot his brains out. Yeah, and um, which you kind of expect, yeah, because that's how these types of stories usually go. Um, and I think it's a really nice two panels they do with the flashback. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, also, about how much he costume hated blood. Yeah, 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 because they're in the Battle of the Somme together. Yeah. Uh, you know, World War One. Uh, awful. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but he quickly knows it has to be a setup. But what do these policemen look like? They look, they look a little bit military, a little bit hotel. Court, court, they don't look concierge. like cops. They do not look like cops. I don't know like, why. I didn't but think they were cops. I, I, but it I out literally they thought they were from the hotel, and then was confused about why they had a gun and were telling him to freeze. I thought they were like hitmen dressed up as cops, but yeah, uh, then. But... They're but they're cops. not. No, they're just cops. But they don't look like cops. So that's probably the art thing. Some really... This whole sequence has some really great panels. Well, especially as he does the sort of mind trick with one of them. Yeah. Like, which you don't see... Like, you see Danny refer oh. to being able to calm <laughs> crowds and stuff. Um, But you don't tend to see Iron Fist use that kind of weird... Um... Jedi mind trick. Yeah, Orson's Orson's a lot more canny than Danny. Yeah, um, I mean, Danny it's not probably should have reached. Yeah. Just, yeah, he should have reached this level by now, but he hasn't because writers generally just don't read Immortal Iron Fist. Um, yeah. <laughs> for some reason, the most famous run the character has. If you get the book, maybe read it. But um, yeah, you know, Orson reading this, Orson still feels like a veteran compared to Danny. Maybe mm-hmm. not not in terms of like fighting skill, but just how he carries himself. He just seems wiser, older, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm not, I'm not complaining because Orson's cool. Well, also Orson has fought in the First World War, and Danny's very not good. had anything yeah. like that, and that changes people. Yeah, D- Danny's had a superhero career, uh, yeah. but Orson's had you know he's been through some stuff. And even uh, even before, like I mean, you know, we talk a lot about how he was trained in in. But Danny was sheltered both from the beginning by being, you know, by his, by being rich and then by being in Kunlun where he's not part of the outside world and, the, you know, he has his own traumas, but they're not this kind of, not the kind of trauma that would make you savvy to this kind of situation. Yeah, 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 I get you. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so. And he goes out and there's like a whole crowd of policemen. He's like, oops. Yeah. And so he says, Orson says, that should have worked on both of them. So I get the vibe that 
one of these cops is with the cults. It never really elaborates on that, but yeah. I think that's the implication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, like, I like when he's fighting the other cops, he talks about, um, like, why he doesn't really like fighting police. Uh, LA cops have a national reputation for swift and blinding brutality. <laughs> so, you know, get get in the, uh, the uh, that in, which is, you don't see that in comics much. So, I mean, they I did, if, right? Like, yeah, well, they still do, but like, I don't know if the yeah. LA ones particularly, but like, but cops generally, you know, but what I'm saying is that comics tend to steer away from directly right. commenting on it, but I guess having a historical setting yeah. helped. I, yeah, I took this more as a historical thing because mm-hmm. he talks about Al, Al Capone right yeah. after, yeah, um, which was fun. Like, Al Capone pays a visit, uh, and then he was greeted by chief of chief of detectives and a few of his tough as fire sticks um mm-hmm. you know so but yeah yeah um I, I like i really like when austin fights in yeah. this comic i think while i've complained about the art i think the way they do fighting is really good i also like that and he barely uses the iron fist yes yes in, throughout the entire comic <laughs> um which is funny because it's something we often complain about but you know it is <laughs> But you can just tell but this guy... But it makes sense, because he doesn't use it until he knows he's against um, people who deserve that power level. Yeah. It's like, you just get the impression, like, he's wearing this suit, he's been classic noir sort of detective, but now he's like, the way he goes down those stairs and stuff, and the way the way he carries himself, he's, you know, he's a lethal weapon, no yeah. sort of pun, but um, it's really cool the way it's drawn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he escapes from the cops, right. and yeah, it's just set up, obviously, that he's back in his apartment, uh, he's got some stubble here, I thought this... Yeah, yeah, that was a bit different. more... It does. Now that I'm looking, just those first two panels, maybe, but, um, wonder if, wonder if there was some, like, uh, a Carrie doing some... Who knows? But you're right, they definitely look different. Yeah. Because if Orson looked like this throughout the whole issue, I think that'd be much more fitting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he, he grabs some documents from George. And this is this whole thing is filled with Orson's really nice inner monologue. I think it's really well written. It's incredibly well written. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it, we're not doing it justice with our plot synopsis. Uh, highly recommend you read this yourself. Yeah, I, and we don't really want <laughs> to spoil it. it, and we don't want to do sort of page by page plot synopsis. So, um, yeah, we're just trying to give you a feeling. But it, the the writing really is beautiful. Yeah, it and is. It, it, it perfectly fits the feeling of the comic as well. So. And the comic doesn't feel long because you're sort of just along with Orson. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, we will be spoiling the ending obviously later. So I recommend you read it before because it has some nice twists and turns. Yeah. Like any does. good noir. Um, uh, yeah, so he, he got George's documents, and oh, Galatea, Darlene, Galatea, it's his daughter that approached him at the bar. So. I mean, like, I don't know how going. he tells from that picture, but whatever. <laughs> For a damn he's, got, he's got chi eyes. <laughs> he does. Um, but he's like. You know, I felt all woozy again just looking at her beautiful face. I literally had to remind myself, this is your f- dead friend's daughter. <laughs> that was below even me. 
Yeah, I'm glad we don't get. I'm glad we don't find out her age. Yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be concerned for Orson. It's a very classic sort of dilemma, though. Um, (laughs) It is falling in love with the femme fatale who might not be. But this is another thing, you know. It's his, as he says, his dead friend's daughter. So, um, but I think to be fair, he's also under her spell a little bit. Yeah, he absolutely is. Because, um. Yeah. And then we get daytime. And I love this whole sequence is great. Uh, he breaks into this producer, uh, Adam Simon. Uh, he breaks into Empress Studios and they're doing a picture called Black Hu- Honeymoon. And it was starring an up and coming starlet named Galatea. Yeah. So he goes in the studio while it's closed. Uh, I love the way his trench coat, it's like kind of like a cape sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, yeah, he has no yeah. problems breaking in, what goes in. Mm, um, he uses, like, a palm strike to break in and stuff. It's all really cool. It is. And he finds a file full of headshots and some pistachio nuts, which he starts eating. <laughs> <laughs> it's That's so, like, uh, noir detective, it's great. Yeah, yeah. And all the headshots uh, are women that look the same. Not, yeah, not because it's... the art's bad, he actually comments that they all look the same. And this... Like, the death cult type of stuff. Well, who knows if that happened, but, you know. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, Hollywood was and is pretty bad for this creepy stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean... Uh, uh, so, reading this is kind of like... like, the, like, bleach blonde blondes yeah. and they all look very similar and, ever, you know, at the time, all the leading men look the same, all the leading women look the same. Yeah. With a few but even back... notable exceptions. Back in the 40s and back in this time, there was a lot of, like, there still is, but there was a lot of sleaziness. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, this guy comes in, those are my nuts. They're good. <laughs> every, t- every time he commented on the nuts, I started laughing. I just wanted to yeah, screen cap them all and go, like, those are my nuts. So we get a rare instance, not rare, but at this point, like, a conversation, which yeah. we've only seen with Orson and Galatea. Uh, so Orson's giving this guy a lot of sass, which is funny, but not like quippy sass, but, you know, I love, like, he's flicking the nuts at his, um, <laughs> guards, his henchmen, which is great. It, it is made great. me laugh a lot. It made me laugh so much. He's just like, everything going on around the pistachios. And the best part for me is, like, he's like, hey, I want to know you stashed Arlene Simpson, how soon I can pick her up? And he goes, you a family member? Yeah, I'm her son. <laughs> yeah. Just clearly, like, old enough to be a, you know, dad. Uh, yeah, um, let's let's say older brother, but probably dad. Yeah. I guess he ages slow. Um, yeah. Does he age slow? Yeah, he does, he does. Yeah. Because he's around for a long time. He's around with daddy, um, yeah. So he lets the goons beat him up. Mm-hmm. So he's not established as a threat. And he takes a bunch of stuff from his desk while that's happening, because he's very crafty. And one of my favourite parts is where he imbues the pistachio nuts with cheese. <laughs> yeah, it's just so funny. Yeah. And takes three pistachio nuts and flicks one at each of them. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I don't know how you could read this and not love Orson. Yeah, um, I don't know. <clears throat> and, uh, oh yeah, these are all divided into chapters, but we haven't really keen track. So chapter no. four, he's dressed up in the Iron Fist clothes. And this is where he's breaking in. 
Um, cool. Iron Fist clothes with trench coat. It's yes, it's, yeah. It's awesome. Should, should clarify, yeah. So he has like the Iron Fist mask, the yeah. trench coat, the sort of green jumper with the dragon brands, and his like sort of military khaki pants. And the gun belt. Yeah, which is it's an amazing design, it very is. classic throwback design. Um, but yeah, I think like if you're asking people coolest Iron Fist costumes, I think this is always this I is always going to yeah. be up there. Um, and yeah, so he, yeah, this bungalow turns out is a prison for up and coming Hollywood starlets. And so he starts to break in, but then he sort of <laughs> gets swarmed by them. Yeah, um, he's yeah, he's like as he's about to go in, he's got that weird sort of visual effect around his head, like he's still under a spell. Yeah, and he's thinking about Galatea. So he breaks in, really cool panel with in the dark with all the candles. Um, and then uh, a bunch of Galateas come. Yeah, he's like, hold on. It's very, it's very uh, Bride of Dracula. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, how did I not notice that? That so is this, cool because it, it's it, three of them too. Well, it is. Yeah, exactly. It's it's very like when uh, he first gets to the castle, isn't it? And they send the, yeah. the women after him. Yeah. And he's he can't resist because it's too many of them. He's trying to he's trying to crawl away and stuff, but they're um working their magic on him, <laughs> sapping his will. That's what they call it. Well, I mean, I don't want to. <laughs> no, you know, I'm I don't want to get too. I was just being funny. <laughs> uh, then his angel appeared, yeah. so the Darlene Galatea yeah. comes to rescue him, and she's like, "Your kiss saved me." You know, I couldn't get out of it until last night. And uh, then we have uh, the producer comes back, and he's a crazy cult person. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, creepy intro. And, yeah. uh, you know, he turns, he unveils the curtains and, oh, it's a room full of crazy cultists. Yeah. Uh, All in their robes and there's film cameras in the background. And, like, the first time I've read this, I was already like, ooh, baby, I absolutely love this. And then when you throw in this cult, yeah, this death cult, I am just in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a real thing with, like, cults as bad guys, and this is great. Um, so, yeah, so this this uh, this is pretty cool. So he says that they – we get some cool villain exposition. Yeah. And he's – there are cults of Baba Fu. Then Orson feigns in, he's like, Baba Who? And he's like, you know – don't play coy, Mr. Randall. I made a few phone calls this afternoon. I know you're no stranger to the mystic arts. Didn't want to brag. And then he... <laughs> I like I like this exhibition Orson gives. Yeah, I'd heard of Babafu. Babafu, third-rate Chinese demigod, forever getting all misty-eyed over his dead mortal wife. Wow, wow. Yeah, I like <laughs> Yeah. Um, so they're trying to find and... a vessel for her. Of course they are. Yeah. And it's... um. So it's very, like, even the designs for the bad guys are very sort of 30s pulp. Yeah. Like, even she kind of looks, like, she should look Chinese, but she more looks like Egyptian, which I think is... Yeah, yeah. The whole thing, even when you go to the next page um, and you've got the bigger temple of her, it totally looks Egyptian. 
and it's kind of creepy. Yeah. The way she, like, I feel like, I think, because you sort of see later, I think she's actually, like, her spirit is actually there yeah. in the screen. And it's just, there's just something about that that, like, creeps me out. Uh, but I thought it was pretty effective. But, yeah, they're basically getting all these girls to get a vessel for her. Yeah. So, uh, but only the most worthy can become her bride. And this is basically all by the order of the god as well, who lost her. And she's going, she's prophesied to be the death queen of the West, ruling the hearts of all men and crumbling nations with a uh, kiss. So, you know, a cool apocalyptic sort of plan, scenario. And, uh, you know... Empress wasn't just a motion picture studio, it was a damn mystical cult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate when that happens. Empress, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And so they're planning to use, like, because the, the silver screen's a new thing at this point, they're planning to use that to brainwash everyone. Or, you know, have everyone bow before her. So it turns out that Galatea betrays him. Or Darlene. Yep. And uh, she saps his will, whatever's going on there. And he starts getting beaten up by the cultists. And uh, this is really cool. Uh, Their plan was simple. Kill me and put it on celluloid. A little something for the B-roll. Decades later, they came up with a name for this. Something I first heard about in Thailand. Snuff film. Mm. I thought that was cool. Uh, (laughs) And uh, so he's fighting them, but he doesn't have... He's too weak. Uh, to fight. Yeah. He's not able to duck or anything. But uh, they forgot he has guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slight oversight. Yeah, so he just starts blasting away, which is pretty great. And um, But the more he kept shooting, the more his strength returned. The dragon's chi cleared his head like an otherworldly bromo after a blender. And the power round down his fingers into the guns, into the very bullets themselves, and into some celluloid. So he's just shooting dragon chi everywhere with his yeah. pistols. Yeah, and uh, he blows trick, up. Yeah, and it's always great to see him with his chi pistols. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is the thing. All the Iron Fist had a weapon. Now Iron Fist has the... the Danny has the triple staff. Yep. Uh, when they remember. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he blows up. Because the celluloid is really flammable, so he blows it up. And for me, for me, it was just creepy seeing the goddess scream. Yeah. And like the implication that she was in the celluloid, like maybe that's just like with me. No, and how no, that creeps I me didn't, out, but... it didn't creep me out. I laughed. I liked it, but it was good. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. She's getting her just desserts. Stupid dead Debbie God. Um, yeah. But yeah, all the cultists start freaking out. Everything's on fire. Uh, he tries to rescue Darlene, but she stabs him. In the back. And, wow, she turns out to be a piece of work. <laughs> yeah. You think she's there because she's been brainwashed, right? Yeah. But no, she she killed her dad of her own volition, and then, because uh, they needed sacrifices. Which is crazy. And then she tried to kill Orson when she brought him back to her house. Uh, so I feel bad for her dad. I do, but I, I like uh, that Orson very quickly snaps out of her spell and says, sweetheart, you should have listened to your father. 
yeah, he's still going to bring her back to yeah. her mother, at least. And he easily disarms her. <laughs> uh, so he he tries to rescue her, uh, but, like, the building, part of the building collapses and she falls and dies in the inferno. Uh, and then he heard other women screaming, Summer in the fire, boom. And at this point, I thought everyone had died. Yeah. But no. Uh, but I mean, it's still pretty grim. But <laughs> so, I'll read this little epilogue because I thought, yeah. oh, actually, no, I won't read it all. Cause it's big. But um, Empress Pictures folded quickly and became a sub footnote in Hollywood history. The existing footage of Black Honeymoon was destroyed in the blaze. Another failed piece of the dream. Most of the Barbafu cultist producers died in the fire too, but not all of them. Some went on to have active Tinseltown careers, producing the highest silver screen stinkers known to man. Yeah, that one you're guessing. Mm-hmm, that one too. I didn't get off scot-free either. I had to write a letter to George's wife, Darlene's mother, but what was I supposed to tell her? Her sweet baby girl had left home and killed her daddy in a cheap hotel room because she wanted to rule the world. Some people don't want to be talked out of their dreams, no matter how crazy. Still, I'll never forget her kiss. Or the others who kissed just like her. So, like, um, wow. Yeah, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah. <laughs> he still has his three women. They seem to survive and they're now dressed like the Empress. Yeah. So and this asking was... him to put his mask on. Yeah. So this was like This was grim because um well, let's start with that. So I love the implication that you know <laughs> they that these movies that we love are um Made by, all these made by these cultists. T- these failed cultists, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a bit of. Uh, which again, I'm. God, don't ask about me in Hollywood. I'm, I'm all in those mm. conspiracy theories. But uh, yeah, and it's rough. Like, you know, letting the mother know. Like, how do you yeah. tell her what happened? I guess he concocted uh, a decent lie. He, yeah, he would have to, because. That would it wouldn't be too sound much. believable. Yeah. And yeah, that too. Um, and then the others, and it's like, you mentioned this before, I really took this as a sort of a bleak ending of him just sort of succumbing to his addictions and his vices and just sort of, like he, at the end he says, losing myself in them, even though I wanted to scream. Me no, no, it definitely savage. was. It was it's that, yeah. it's that classic where you see the detective at the end smoking and pouring more alcohol because the only way to forget yeah i guess it's good that some survived you know Um, and then he does say that he spent a year with them yeah and i guess if you know about orson this is not too long after this he'll really fall off the handle fall off the wagon and he'll get addicted to heroin and stuff, yeah. uh, which so, is partially because he doesn't want to be eaten by a cheat demon. But anyway, yeah, but this is it, it gives you that insight into where he his mind space was, and also he potentially had a an addictive personality. Yeah, and if you have to deal with stuff like this, I mean, you know, can you blame him? No, <laughs> like this is Especially just not after the psalm and stuff like that. Yeah, and then this is just another happy little adventure he had in his life. So, and we get the film reel for the last panel. Which is nice, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, this is really good. I think what really stands out 
is just the writing of Orson and yeah. his inner monologue. Yeah. Um, but it's all good. My quibble is about the art, but it doesn't ruin it. It, it. It's it has an effect where it's like this art could be better because everything else is so good. Mm-hmm. But um, it's serviceable, you know. And I think the motion is really good, and there's some really great moments with the artwork as well. So, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. No, I um, I I think that once you. I, I really like, I think it's a good story. I think it's told well. The writing yeah. is particularly good. Um, I think it's just, it's it's just it's it's weird because reading it now with everything that's been happening, it feels like not just a flashback for him into like the sort of Hollywood, but mm. for us a flashback into how comics were when this yeah. was being written, and the different kinds of stories you'd get and how you could do a one-off like this and um and it really does just make me want more more of Orson. yeah yeah uh yeah we, we did get more of him recently uh but you know he sacrificed himself so daddy's could have his sister again uh who we've seen none of <laughs> since then yeah no i i agree uh the uh mentioned at the start a bittersweet effect on me because yeah it's kind of the same. Uh, it's like I don't know many comics read that I'm reading now that would do this. Yeah. In the same yeah, way, like, with the same kind of ending. Um, yeah. Totally. I think, that's, I think that's kind of what I mean about like remembering what it was like to sort of read that whole run again and have these mm. and have the immortal weapons and... I mean, there are great comics coming out that I still think will be as classic as this, but it's just not the same. That they're all a little bit more knowing, and a little bit more referencing, referential yeah. to other comics and to other things, or to real life world. And this just seems a bit more escapist. But also, this particular one is obviously rooted in some sort of reality of Hollywood in the thirties. Yeah. Um, but it's a it's a different genre story with a legacy character you know it's it's a very interesting like you're right because i i'm trying to think and they haven't done anything like this recently the big two that i can think of and yeah. like just i guess the run was selling well but just being able to have a one shot with like a b-list character that's not even yeah you know the, the main B-list character it's like a part of their universe and that isn't actually tying into anything happening in the run at the time it's just yeah. fleshing out this character. Um, but I guess the takeaway is, uh, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, you know, and this I will always definitely be there. it makes me look forward to when we get to Immortal Lion. Yes, yeah, yeah. So uh, we might cover this again way later. You yeah. know, um, we're we just might, doing this... we might do a, an episode with all the the awesome one-offs. Yeah. Eight work. hour episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, right now we're not we're not doing Immortal. Um, but uh, you know, we just wanted to standalone. This is a nice standalone story, and uh, we do have some feedback from uh, Daresplaining, Ooh. who runs a Daredevil Tumblr, and I believe runs an Iron Fist Tumblr as well. 
and she says, my favorite Iron Fist one-shot. I love the pulp noir tone and how perfectly Orson's personality fits into it, and the glimpse it gives us into a specific moment in Orson's long, wild backstory. I can't wait to hear you discuss this one. Yeah, cool. I agree. We do agree. And again, uh, you're welcome to guest anytime. Yes, please do. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun. So if you, if you have a story that you really want to do, um, just hit me up and, you know, fit you in somewhere easy. So, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, that that's the issue. Yes. I really enjoyed reading this again. So thank you for joining me, Rebecca. It was a pleasure. Yeah. So next time, hopefully, we'll be Heroes for Hire 2. Hooray. Get You've back read to that. it. I oh. haven't yet. I have read it. I read the letters page. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. good. There was a lot of um, a lot of Black Knight in it. A lot. Oh, I like Black Knight. Yeah, I'm and dead. I was I was a little bit lost, but I had I have like basic Arthurian knowledge, so <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all you really um, need for a bit of Black Knight. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Until next time, you know, just, nothing is as it seems. That that local. <laughs> Theatre could be a death cult, who knows? Yeah, yeah, and the film that you hated, probably done by a death cult. Yeah, or well, the film that you loved, even. Yeah, but he did, he did call them all stinkers, so, yeah. Oh, he did, didn't But he? then, yeah. we don't know if he's got good taste. Mm. Mm. Maybe he just doesn't like movies with talking, because he references that at one point. Yeah. So, maybe maybe Casablanca is, like, made by the death cult. <laughs> 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 All right, peace. Uh, Take care, bye-bye. Iron Fist and all other characters in these comics are properties of Marvel and Disney. Any musical images we use belong to their respective copyright holders. We do this for fun, so please don't sue us. You can contact us at sonsofthedragonpodcast at gmail.com. Just send us mail, comments, thoughts, anything you want, really. It doesn't even have to be related to Iron Fist. If you don't want it read on the air, though, make sure you mention that. You can also find us on Facebook, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast, Sons of the Dragon. Our Twitter, at Iron Fist Podcast. Our SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash Sons of the Dragon, uh, hyphens where the spaces are. Our YouTube, Connor Carl. Just search Iron Fist Podcast and you'll find us real quick. We are also on iTunes. If you find us there, give us a review and rate us. If it's less than five stars, please say why so we can improve the show. And we're on Podcast Garden in the literature section. And last but not least, head over to our WordPress, Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Lifers Podcast.wordpress.com. That's where I put all the show notes. I'd like to thank Thomas Tissot for composing the Iron Fist theme song we use at the start of our Iron Fist episodes on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Peter John Sikorsky for composing the Power Man and Iron Fist theme we use at the start of our Power Man and Iron Fist episodes. And finally, thanks to you guys for listening. 